Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty War Zone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas, and you can find me on Twitter and all socials at Salad Galore. Guys, it is great to be back here talking to you about rookies. It is officially over with week one of the preseason here, and we are going to dive into a little bit of everything. I'm going to talk about each game um, a little bit, um, give you the just general breakdowns, um, just in case you weren't able to check the scores, check the general gist of the game in general, and then go over some rookies from each individual game that caught my eye for one reason or another. I will constantly be looking for... Not really confirmation bias, but a lot of different possible, um, you know, outlooks for a lot of the players, a lot of different things that I need to see from these rookies in order to feel good about them or finally put that final nail in the coffin to say I am out on them. And boy, oh boy, week one did not, you know, did not disappoint here. Um, There is a lot of players. There is only one game in totality that I really didn't have any notes whatsoever on. And it was Philadelphia versus Baltimore. Um, not a lot of rookie involvement in that game in general. So it's at least when it comes to rookies that are relevant for your fantasy team. So, um, as always, if you are not in the Patreon, uh, make sure to follow pretty much on everything. Patreon's a pretty uh, damn good deal for the $5 a month that you can get with the Dynasty War Zone here. Um, a lot of things that you can get exclusive access to, exclusive podcasts, exclusive rankings, um, one-on-ones, you know the spiel. And then obviously check out our boys over at Player Profiler, our partners now here on the DWC Network. Um yeah, uh, just get that out of the way now, and we're just going to hop right into the content. Um, first game I'm going to talk about, um, shocker to no one, it is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New Orleans Saints, me being a KC native. Um, it's one that we always have on in the background. I was dual screening this one while I was watching Liverpool just gut out a 1-1 draw against Chelsea in the opening day of the EPL season, but Kansas City versus the Saints. Um, the two players that caught my eye are two guys that I was very interested in in this game, and it's Rasheed Rice on the Kansas City Chiefs side and A.T. Perry on the New Orleans Saints side. When it comes to Rasheed Rice, um, we've been hearing a lot of pump up that's happening, and yes, it is always nice when they draft a wide receiver in the second or first round in Kansas City. Um, they're usually going to get a little bit of a stock up, but this is the first time that we really saw, based off of ADP purposes, that the Kansas City wide receiver that was drafted was finally not given like an insane bump up for where they were being drafted prior to their landing spots. Um, there's that question now in Andy Reid's system of how quickly can you acclimate? How quickly can you become a wide receiver that Patrick Mahomes can rely on? And I can tell you from what we've seen in camp and what we saw in this first game here, uh, it's looking pretty good for Rasheed Rice. The Chiefs ended up um, squeaking out a loss, actually. They lost 24 to 26, but Rasheed Rice was heavily involved when Patrick Mahomes was on the field and then got a little bit of work in with the second team players, um, caught three or four targets for 30 yards, averaged 10, uh, 10 yards a pop, um, just really consistent chain mover. He was targeted four times. Um, three of those times were on third down. He converted two out of those three third down conversions for the team. Um, he is looking like a really big bodied physical bully on the outside. And it's looking really fun for this Kansas city offense. If they can get a guy in the mold of a Dwayne bow, 
that they've kind of been looking for since right around the time that Reed took over. On the other side of the ball, you're looking at A.T. Perry. Now, granted, this did happen with Jameis Winston, not exactly um, what you would call the first teamer, but Jameis looked good out there, and the main reason he looked so good while he was on the field and completed 87% of his passes while on the field for the Saints was A.T. Perry. He was constantly open and constantly being targeted out of the slot, outside, press coverage, zone coverage. He ended the game with six targets, caught all six of those six targets for 70 yards and a touchdown. Extremely consistent production from the guy, and I'm very excited. I was telling you all offseason prior to the draft that he was a sleeper to watch, and then immediately following the draft, I was telling you, don't let this guy slide out of that fourth or fifth round definitely use those picks because they're still in need of a wide receiver three in new orleans and it's looking a lot like at perry may be that guy um, as i said the saints won this game it was back and forth not a ton to talk about outside of that but i am very excited to see how both of these teams progress and how both of these rookie wide receivers progress as you move further on in this preseason period. Um, the next game I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Rams versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I will start with a caveat. Um, the Rams kicked the, or sorry, the Rams got the crap kicked out of them in totality, but the one highlight that I won't be talking about is Stetson Bennett. Um, he looked very solid for the Rams, um, 17 to 29, 200 yards touchdown. Um, just, just really all over solid. It's just the rest of the team was a little bit questionable. Um, but once again, just like I was looking at wide receivers in that Casey New Orleans game, I'm doing the same here with the Rams and the Chargers, uh, specifically looking at Puka Nakua and Quentin Johnston. Um, Quentin Johnston, we'll start with the bad first. He didn't do what I'm needing him to do. I need him to separate heavily when not schemed up prior to when he has passed the ball. Um, now, Grant didn't see a ton of targets um, in totality for the game. I think he played three series. It's the first one. I'm not going to overreact, but he did see six targets. He only caught three of them for 10 yards. He hauled in a touchdown, but it was pretty inconsistent. Um, there was one ball that was, I'm not going to fault him for. It was a beautiful ball, but it was a very difficult catch. They didn't come down with, but there was two easier ones that really just for some reason, he could not connect on with the quarterback on during those games. Um, still concerned, need some more separation prior to him doing the jump ball fanatics and stuff like that. Um, that archetype is very hard to succeed in, especially if you're only going to, you know, convert it 50% of the time. So a little bit interesting, still not writing off entirely. I wasn't really drafting a lot of a Quentin Johnston earlier on, and he's a player that I'm just kind of keeping my eye on. Um, he is heavily involved still with the first team, technically first team you can call it, um, but he did play significantly more than any of the other guys that we would consider to be quote unquote starters. He's pretty much the only one that did play out of the starters on this Chargers offense. On the Rams side, we have Puka Nakua. Um, the Rams looked good and consistent the entire time and Puka Nakua looked the part basically um five targets targeted heavily he was second on the team in targets on the game ended up taking in three of those five targets for 32 yards and a touchdown um he's a big guy and he looks like a bully in a similar vein to a rishi rice but he's got some speed in another gear that i think rice doesn't have um puka Nakua, in the same vein that Ari T. Perry could easily walk in as the wide receiver three in New Orleans. I think Nakua basically has that locked down. He's going to be competing with a Van Jefferson, especially if Cup is injured for longer than we may anticipate it. But um, by the end of the season, 
I, I think he's a guy you definitely want on the roster. He was in that week nine selection and pickup period that I did on my articles regarding when I want to acquire these rookies. So he's just a guy that I'm optimistic about. He did what I wanted him to do, which was prove that BYU was not a small time school and that he could do it against bigger competition. Um, he did just that early and often in this game. The next game in question is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this one was interesting is what I would say. Um, the two players that of note that I'm concerned about in this game slash liking what I saw are the two running backs for these two teams, Tank Bigsby for Jacksonville and Deuce Vaughn for the Cowboys. Tank Bigsby, extremely consistent. Um, the whole running game for the Jacksonville Jaguars team is looking like it's going to be a problem for teams. And that's saying something when you consider how electric this offense passing wise can be. The defense still has a ton of question marks for a lot of people, including myself. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Tank looked like he played the role that we were hoping him to do very, very well. Um, in total, he ended up taking in, what was that? Um, nine carries uh, at a 5.8 yard per carry clip. No touchdowns. Um, it was a lot of back and forth in between the 20s with these teams with not a lot of red zone work. Um, but he did see quite a bit of the pass protection work early on. He's still not super good in that role, which is a little bit concerning when you're looking at him. But for a guy that I consider to be a jack of all trades, master of none, he's doing the part very well and will be a good compliment down there in Jacksonville to a Travis Etienne. So I am excited from what I saw for him. I want him to consistently do that throughout the rest of the preseason and then avoid that injury bug that kind of nipped him early on in the season last year at Auburn. Deuce Vaughn, on the other hand, He's the guy that I'm the most impressed with so far with what we've seen out of any of these rookies. He did exactly what we wanted him to. Um, he took eight carries for 50 yards, 6.3 yards per carry clip, had a touchdown on the ground, ended up seeing a total of three targets, caught all three of the targets. And so in 12 touches, ended up with basically 70 yards and you're looking at in total, basically like a six yards per touch clip, which as a utility back, he was significantly better than any of the other running backs that were playing on this Dallas Cowboys roster. And yes, he did see a majority of his snaps in the second half, but that should be kind of telling. Um, he was able to slip through tacklers, um, break contact, all the things that we saw in college going against the big 12 college players. We now have seen on the NFL now granted preseason field. So I'm very enticed to see what is going to happen with Deuce Vaughn. I'm still strongly leaning towards him being the RB2. Um, I just think he has a completely different skill set than anyone else on the team outside of Pollard, and he's the perfect back to spell him. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. But the running backs in this game were very fun to watch. Uh, I think that both of these running offenses are going to be very explosive this year, and they'll be very, very enticing for fantasy players. The next game in question is the New York Jets versus the Carolina Panthers. This one was all Jets as they won the game 27-0. But this one had, for me, just one player. So it's a guy who looked kind of bad in the first game, and that's Izzy. That's why you can't overreact to one game. I'm not going to overreact to this, but he did look very solid carrying the ball. I'm not really going to beat this with a dead horse, but just consistently was basically at a five yard per clip on the ground. And then he actually ended up seeing three targets railed in all three for 31 yards as well. So again, you're looking at a guy that put up basically 90 yards in total all purpose with a very limited workload in this overall 
rushing scheme for the Jets. Um, if Brees Hall lingers at all with the injuries, I think he's the perfect complement for a one-two with Michael Carter going into this year, especially with uh, say what you will about what Donovan Knight did last year, but. Every time he steps on the field in preseason, I'm always like, dude, you're, <laughs> you're struggle busting right now. So just a guy to watch out for. Um, the next game in question, only one player to talk about on this one, and this is the Indianapolis Colts versus the Buffalo Bills. Anthony Richardson for me on this one is a confirmation bias is kind of what I would say about myself on this, but it's also just the fact of he's not ready. Um, very questionable decision-making happening with him. He was at a 55% completion last night, um, seven for 12, 67 yards and in interception, no touchdowns, only rushed the ball twice for seven yards. Didn't see any of that athleticism out there after that first quarter, um, which he played basically the first quarter they took him out justifiably no reason to get your next quarterback hurt but i still haven't seen anything to make me optimistic as most of the dynasty space is regarding anthony richardson and his ability to be a contributor week in week out for your fantasy teams so just something to take into note um the next game is again one where i'm going to be talking about two running backs here and this is the chicago bears versus the tennessee titans the bears eked out a win late in this game 23 17 but that first team offense for the bears looked electric um khalil herbert and dj moore completely took over that game early two back-to-back touchdowns basically it never looked back versus tennessee but the other two backs i want to talk about are roshan johnson and ty j spears both rookies and both ones that are um, more on the sleeper side is what I would say. Um, They were getting hyped up prior to the NFL draft for a lot of people. And a lot of people liked the landing spot for Roshan Johnson, specifically in Chicago. But when it comes to Roshan, he did not look good last night. He looked very mediocre. Um, He couldn't find any holes in that offensive line, which granted, um, yes, he was playing primarily with the second team offensive line, which if you know anything about the Chicago Bears is not good, but couldn't find any lanes. His pass protecting was still suspect and he averaged one yard per reception on said pass reception. So not looking very good. Um, He needs to be a little bit more consistent of a contributor and he is coming back through injury right now, but he's a guy that I am circling and saying keep a note um there's no promise that he makes the team he was a fourth rounder and if Dante Foreman continues to outperform him in practices he may not to be honest with you Tajay Spears on the other hand looked every part of an explosive running back that he was in college and more um six carries for 32 yards not a ton of work on that one um he ended up seeing one target one reception for four yards so nothing crazy but he looks like the only part of this tennessee offense that anyone should want any part of basically out of anyone that was playing um Leak willis just looked bad is what i would say so it's uh, a little bit not shocking for one on that one, but uh, a little bit concerning for any of these other young Titans players that you may be wanting. Will Levis looked okay, but uh, in classic Will Levis form through one of the most ill-advised interceptions you could probably ask for in a game where you're just looking to stay clean, looking to drive the offense and everything like that. Couldn't consistently string it together and ended up being the one that was responsible for that interception in the game. So Will Levis question marks, but the running backs in here, um, I, I'm very optimistic about Tajay Spear and I'm a little bit concerned about Roshan Johnson. 
The next game in question is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Denver Broncos. This is a wide receiver and a quarterback pairing in this game that I want to talk about. And the first one is the quarterback, Clayton Toon with Arizona. I saw what I wanted to see from Clayton Toon. Okay? He didn't get hurt. He was able to move the offense consistently quite a bit better than Cole McCoy was. My main concern with Clayton Toon right now is the fact that he was not seeing any reps with any of people, basically any of the offensive starters that or players that could be considered starters. So it's a little bit concerning that Colt McCoy still has the stranglehold on the starting quarterback position right now, even though it is technically a full in full out competition with Kyler not coming back until probably late September, early October, still pining for Clayton Toon to at least get the shot early on, especially with the question marks happening on this team. Um, I didn't have anyone on Denver that I was interested in, but I was interested in the wide receiver, Michael Wilson, also on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he did not have a good game. Um, for a guy who is supposed to be a great route runner, he wasn't able to really separate very well. And all the pressure that was happening on his quarterbacks, because the Arizona's offensive line was just imploding, made it pretty much impossible for any work to go towards him. Um, he had a... <laughs> basically two receptions on six targets, which is not what you want to see from a guy like that. But I'm not burying him, not super concerned about it. I just think that it was a bad game for him. Um, he's a player in a similar vein to a Roshan and a similar vein to a Pukunakua that I have circled. I want to focus on exclusively next week for these teams to see what they can do to replicate the performances from this week or prove me wrong. The next team that I want to talk about, um, team in player matchup, was Cleveland Browns versus the Washington Commanders. And this is my boy, DTR. He looked so good for them. And it's just a classic guy that I'll fall for. Um, he did all the things that he did in college well well in this preseason game. Um, can he do it in the NFL? Will he ever get a shot with Watson in front of him? Probably not to both of those questions, but damn, is he fun to watch? I, I just enjoy watching him. He just is perennially underrated throughout college and even right now. Um, easily looks like the best player in this matchup. Another guy I'm interested in is a Washington running back in a running back room that has an opportunity because no one's really solidified themselves as this is my running back room. Chris Rodriguez. Okay, Chris Rodriguez coming in out of Kentucky and coming in and being a running back now with a potential to get some work and some tread on the tires in the NFL with the Washington Commanders is something that's pretty enticing to me. Um, the Commanders ended up eking out a win 17-15 against the Browns, and a large portion of that came because of Chris Rodriguez. Averaged almost eight yards a carry, um, and that is not with like a big run or anything like that. His longest run was 12 yards, but on five carries for 40 yards, it's pretty solid and then when you pair in the fact that his pass blocking he was out there repeatedly as a pass blocking back for the first and the second team very optimistic for a guy that i'm excited to see you know kind of succeed in the nfl he was one of those guys where i just needed to see the draft capital we didn't really get the draft capital but the landing spot was pretty solid um, never really gonna <laughs> roll my dice with the washington backfield but if you're going to do it on the dirt cheap might not be a bad guy to look at the next game matchup I'm curious about had two players uh, that I kind of wanted to see what the roles were like, and that's Detroit versus the New York Giants. Um, the Giants lost to the Lions 21-16, late touchdown that ended up basically sealing it. Um, both of the starting offenses looked pretty atrocious, but the player that looked the worst out of either team had to be Eric Gray for me. Um, I just really need the Eric Gray hype to end. Um, caught two of three targets for 10 yards and ended up carrying the ball five times for nine yards. 
Um, Giants O-line is much better than a lot of teams really give them credit for and a lot of people give them credit for. Detroit defensive line as second and third stringers, not good enough to be stopping a guy like Eric Gray if he was good. A little bit concerning. I'm going to watch him again next week, but I'm, I'm ready for this talk about Eric Gray to die because he is not the backup that you should be targeting in this Giants backfield. And then the one thing I wanted to see from Detroit is I want Sam Laporta blocking. I want Sam Laporta in the move. If you're going to target him, target him on the first series and then get him out. That's exactly what happened. Didn't catch his lone target, ended up with zero receiving yards, but he was blocking the shit out of those Detroit Lions, uh, Detroit Lion opponents in the Giants, DBs, and specifically the linebackers um, put in some solid work as that first drive for Detroit um, kind of fizzled out towards the end, but it was still pretty fun to watch. Very happy with how they handled him, and he's locked and loaded as the tight end one for them. Going on to Pittsburgh versus Tampa Bay, this one I have quite a few notes on. Um, I'm very happy with how the Pittsburgh Steelers handled Darnell Washington. Um, They're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends, and I think it's going to be very exciting to see how they use Darnell Washington. He caught his one lone target for nine yards, so nothing gangbusters there, but this offense looked explosive for the Pittsburgh Steelers to start out. Um, Kenny Puckett went six for seven on the first drive, 70 yards, touchdown. Touchdown ended up going to um, George Pickens. solid they have a nice little rapport as well but when you're looking at a big boy Darnell Washington you want to see him block that's what he was doing he was moving people on the offensive line and he kept in Gabe Kenny picking a very clean pocket on that first drive so I'm pretty happy with how that's working and then Trey Palmer for Tampa Bay I mean, he's the wide receiver three right now ahead of Russell Gage in Tampa Bay. Um, I thought he was for sure just going to be also, if you don't know who Trey Palmer is, he's a burner out of Nebraska, tons of speed for days, but always had question marks kind of as the underneath receiver. He was always an outside limited route tree, that type of thing in Nebraska. He's been used basically exclusively underneath in that slot role. Um, He's allowing Godwin to move around quite a bit more in practices and in this first um, preseason game. So it's pretty exciting to see what they're going to do with Palmer. But I mean, the dude just was consistently producing for this team ended up with four receptions on four targets, 33 yards and a touchdown was targeted twice on that opening drive took in both of them and got that opening drive touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's pretty intriguing to see how this is going to end up going for this wide receiver. I'm not super high on him, but he does have the tools to be successful. If he starts getting consistent work and Baker gets his shit together, I think that he's a piece that could be valuable in the similar vein of how we wanted Russell Gage to be valuable in Tampa Bay last year prior to his injury. The main concern I have with Tampa Bay right now, though, is still their rushing game. Their running backs are not given any leeway, any holes whatsoever to run through. They ran the ball 26 times yesterday for 66 yards at a 2.5 yards per carry clip. That is across all of them. And that's including with a one fluky run on the outside from Ty Barber for 13 yards. Other than that, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven running backs that averaged under two yards per carry in this game. Um, no one can do it right now. Sean Tucker was given the most opportunities out of anyone and just could not do it on this team. Um, it is abysmal, and anyone who's a Rashad White owner should be a little bit more concerned about this O-line and their rush blocking ability than they currently are showing on the Twitter spheres. 
when you look at the Steelers, I'm very enticed with how Calvin Austin is being used. Um, if you guys remember Dre Archer from the good Steelers, the good old Bumblebee uh, Bumblebee trio days with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, um, that's what Calvin Austin really reminds me of. He is a gadgety player, but he ended up coming up with 96 all-purpose yards on four touches and a touchdown. Um, he had a rush of 17 yards, a reception of 67 yards. The dude's explosive, and he showed it in full effect in this game. Very intrigued to see how they're going to use him because there's no one else really on this team that can do what he can do as explosively as he can do it. So it should be fun going forward this year if he basically rotates in and out as a punt returner and a wide receiver four for the team. Going on to the Atlanta versus Miami game, um, only note I have is that Devin A. Chain looks pretty solid. Um, just a solid showing for you right there. Now, granted, they didn't start any of the vet running backs that would be typically sniping his workload. Um, <clears throat> basically, no work at all was given to uh, Raheem Mostert. Um, Miles Gaskin was one of the leading rushers, basically, but A-Chain got a lot of work. Um, 10 carries for 25 yards isn't the best per carry average, but he was used explosively in the passing game. Um, he had a reception for about, I think it was 18 or 19 yards, something like that in the game, um, showed some zip. But again, his question was not, is he explosive? Is he dynamic? It's, is he durable in the NFL? Questions still abound based off of size, but I think he's going to be definitely a gadget player in this system. It's just a matter of how much he's going to be used. So I'll be paying it quite a bit of attention for him going throughout the preseason. Looking at the Green Bay and Cincinnati game, um, <clears throat> two negative notes for two players, one on each team. Um, Luke Musgrave cannot catch the ball. Concerning when you're dealing with a guy that is supposed to be the uh, the change of pace boy, um, brought him in in the second round to be the tight end of the future here in Green Bay, and he just cannot connect at all with this first-team offense. The first-team passing with love, nothing is working for Musgrave, and it's very concerning. On the other side of the ball, you have Chase Brown, who is basically pining to be the RB2 behind Joe Mixon, but the dude still cannot pass block. He's getting people blown up, and with Burrow's injury history and basically the entire franchise being based around him, a lot of question marks as to how much work you're going to get if you can't pass protect. That's the reason that Chris Evans didn't get on the field last year, and it's the reason that Chase Brown probably won't this year. Not positive as to who the RB2 will be behind Joe Mixon, but I'm not confident in picking either of those two guys, specifically Chase Brown, until he can prove that he can pass block better. Looking at the Minnesota Vikings versus Seattle, um, <clears throat> Minnesota lost this one pretty handedly to Seattle, but this is another game where I was focusing primarily on the running backs. Um, Dwayne McBride. <clears throat> analytics darling in college, um, great runner, but a bad pass catcher, um, basically was only asked to catch the ball 10 times in college. Not a great look, um, but he looked pretty bad rushing the ball, carried the ball six times for 15 yards, looked pretty slow when you were watching him out on the field um, during this game. Ty Chandler looked a lot better, but overall this running game just was not cooking for the Minnesota Vikings in this game. <clears throat> kind of disjointed all around, mainly due to Jaron Hall being atrocious. Um, it just looked really bad. Couldn't hit those short to intermediate routes, which is what my concern was about coming into the game and kind of solidified that. But I have got some concerns about Dwayne McBride even making the team at this point. Um, and people were hyping him up. Not a big guy that I'm leaning into behind a guy like Alexander Madison, especially with him bringing in three or four more running backs and Ty Chandler just looking kind of serviceable. 
Going on to the next game, though, uh, sorry, the next player, Zach Charbonnet. Um, this is a guy that did basically everything that I needed him to be. You're looking for that spell for a Kenneth Walker, um, big boy. Everyone's concerned about the split, as you should be probably, based off of what we saw from him in this game. Um, <clears throat> nothing wild on the ground. He showed his pass-catching chops. Two for 17. Just solid. Um, his pass blocking was the best aspect of him on the field during the game, and he got quite a bit of the rushing work. Um, wasn't on the field a ton, but the Seattle Seahawks do need an RB2 complement, and I think Sharp's definitely the guy to be doing that. Uh, excited to see him get a little bit more work in next week's preseason game, but I was optimistic with what he was putting out on the field. <clears throat> San Francisco 49ers versus the Las Vegas Raiders is still technically going on right now at the time of recording, but um, for all intents and purposes, the two that I want to talk about are two Raiders rookies that are pairing up very nicely in this first preseason. There's a pretty good rapport going between the former Cincinnati Bearcats wide receiver Trey Tucker, my personal pick over a guy like Tyler Scott out of the same class, and Aiden O'Connell. Um, they were cooking, and Trey Tucker is more than just a gadget guy. He's able to work all over the field, has explosive speed, and he's going to be probably a Pro Bowl punt returner at some point in the next two to three years. A guy that I wanted to see basically get picked high, he did go high in the second round, paired up with Aiden O'Connell. They're going to grow together pretty well, and I wouldn't be shocked if this is a pairing that kind of leeches in. O'Connell out of Purdue was a pretty solid sleeper quarterback, <clears throat> all-around guy that could basically do everything he wanted to at the quarterback position. Same thing with Trey Tucker. Um, the Raiders are always looking for speed, and there's not a lot of wide receivers that meet that threshold on this Raiders team right now. I just think that there's a target clog in front of him right now with the current people that are on the team. Michael Mayer coming in, Austin Hooper at the tight end position, and then you've got Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers ahead of him with Ronda Renfro. So he's basically a deep threat Darius um, Davis, Demario Douglas type of wide receiver outlook this year. <clears throat> He'll be lucky to catch 30 balls if he does, but realistically, I wouldn't be shocked if he were to get three to four touchdowns on those 30 targets. Excited to see them grow. Um, as I said, the Philadelphia and Baltimore game, not really high on my list when it comes to you know, players that showed me anything. Zay Flowers was on the field a little bit, but didn't really get any work. Um, looked explosive and separated, but then was taken off. Um, other than that, nothing really cooking on the Philadelphia Eagles side when it comes to offensive talent that was brought in. And Baltimore, all in all, didn't show their hand too much. They ran a pretty vanilla offense behind Tyler Huntley, as they typically tend to do. Um, the first game, I won't really talk into a bunch, but it's also the last one. <clears throat> it was the Houston Texans and New Orleans, uh, not New Orleans Saints, New England Patriots game from the Friday, <clears throat> sorry, Thursday afternoon slot. Um, Tank Dell looks good. Everyone knows that he looks good. Um, the question is still, how is he going to hold up and can he do it consistently? Don't double count is what I would say. And then Keishon Boutte is just questionable all around. Um, not really producing in camp, not really producing on the field. And he didn't separate at all on the field in that game, which is what I was looking for. So a little bit pessimistic as to what we can expect from those. But, I mean, that's that's a solid 30, uh, 31 guys there for you. Um, just to chat about on this rookie rundown episode. want to give you a quick recap. It's a little bit shorter of an episode today, but um, a lot of optimism going around right now. A lot of concerns from a lot of the running back groups, which is kind of surprising because at this point in the offseason, you anticipate a lot of rushing production as teams are trying to find their footing in the preseason scape um you expect it to get a little bit more physical and people aren't quite as banged up to this early on in the preseason so 
<clears throat> a lot of running back question marks, a lot of running back successes, and a lot of young wide receivers that are stepping into the fold as a wide receiver three on their team where you're going to be getting production from a large portion of these guys that we saw in this class at some point this season. It's just how quickly you're going to get it. I'm optimistic earlier on in this episode for those guys, the Rasheed Rices, the A.T. Perrys, the Puka Nakuas, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, even going as far as Trey Palmer. Um, but I am concerned as to the workload for a lot of these running backs. There's a lot of split back systems, a lot of guys not getting pretty much any work anymore. Um, so it, it's going to be changing this fantasy scape quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's this episode. I'll be tuning in next week to do a week two analysis with you on all the games, all the players of note, probably touch on some of the same guys, but hopefully get to talk about some of the higher drafted and higher rated players in this class as you get closer to that week three, quote unquote, showcase experience that we tend to get from these teams during the preseason. Um, as always, like I said, follow me on the DWZ network, the rookie rundown and on all socials at salad galore. But until next week everyone have a great when we add up all those inches that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing we won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak